Welcome to A Walk In My Stilettos, where our goal is to help you walk in your greatness. I'm your host, Makini Smith. And on today's show, we have an extra special guest because she is my girl and she is the truth. So you're in for a treat. She's the co-founder of New Girl on the Block. It's a mentorship platform for millennial women who are dealing with major life and career transitions. Her passion includes advocacy for anti-bullying and mental health, in which she contributes her time spreading awareness, providing expertise on media platforms and delivering keynote talks in schools nationwide. When she's not working with young adults, she's growing her brand um, as a professional writer And she successfully crafted a business in storytelling as a journalist, author, celebrity ghostwriter, and a senior contributor on Forbes.com. Please welcome Pollyanna Reed. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me, McKinney. Uh, It's an honor, actually. Like, I was like, oh, yes, she said yes. I love her. (laughs) Funny, bro. So um, I, I like to start the show asking, what does your name mean? Because, you know, we all have all these titles and all these things that we go by. Um, but the meaning of our name actually says a lot about us as well. So do you know what your name means? Yeah, so my parents named me after a movie called Pollyanna that's spelled P-O-L-L-Y-A-N-N-A. And it actually means optimism and being optimistic. Um, mm-hmm. to my, I actually haven't seen the movie, but to my knowledge, the movie is about a orphan and she has gone through a lot of uh, crazy shit in her life, but she remains like one thing that has been consistent is her attitude. That's what I've been told. And so whenever I buck up with like elderly people and they hear my mm-hmm. name, they always like they have like a big <laughs> ass smile on their face because it's a it's a really old movie, um, and it makes me feel really good. So it's I, it's definitely something that's on my list to do. I just haven't got around to doing it yet. That's awesome. That's awesome. So with all of these titles and all of these things, um, obviously you have to have some kind of routine in order to keep you you know grounded. So do you have a routine that you start your day with? Yeah, so I practice uh, a strategy called the five before eight. So I cross five things off my to-do list before 8 a.m. Um, that's something I've been doing for a very long time. So I was an athlete for about 11 years. I was a competitive swimmer, and I played nationally um, on a Canadian soccer team. So I'm accustomed to waking up really early, and my body alarm clock is wired to wake up between anywhere from 4 to 6 a.m. Mm. Um, that's my sweet spot. That's when I'm most productive. So the five things on my to-do list could easily be um, anything from sending an email. So let's say if I'm going to send a pitch to a CEO or a power executive, I'm likely sending it between those hours because I know that that's probably what they're doing as well, checking mm. the email first thing out of bed. Um, or it could be something simple like just taking five minutes to myself and laying in bed or, you know, making my lunch for the day. Um, So whatever the five things looks like for me, um, they vary from day to day. I just make sure that I try to do it before 8 a.m. Simply because, you know, by eight, nine o'clock, you have other people flopping out of bed and I've already conquered half of my to-do list. Mm -hmm. And I really love getting a head start on the world and mornings are my sweet spot. I love that. 
I'm actually writing that down because I'm adding that to my to-do list. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Okay. So what, what drives you and keeps you motivated? Like you're, you know, you're definitely considered a powerhouse here in Toronto. So what, what drives you and keeps you motivated? Uh, not being broke. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Not okay. I'm joking. I'm joking. Not, it's not just money. Um, It's not just money. However, that definitely is a motivating factor. Like, let's keep it real. Cause I know, of course I've sat on panels and I've, you know, heard people say, if money is your only motivator, then, you know, you're already at a loss, but Mm -hmm. money is a very strong motivator for me. You know, Mm -hmm. I like making it, I like living well. I like being able to support my family and helping out my parents. And, you know, the reality is as a millennial, like by the time I retire, the government safety net is, is not going to be there. And so um, I think it's very important to, you know, highlight the fact that like you need money to live and you need money to pay your bills and you need, it's just, it's, it's important. But another motivating factor for me is the fact that I want to be a example of success to my siblings. Um, I have a mentorship program, which I've mentored almost 200 girls in nine countries for the last few years. And I know that they're looking at me and I, I take my role as a mentor very seriously. So I know that I want to be, um, I want to be there for them and I might be someone's future wife. So I mm. feel like I need to take the time right now. To... You are somebody's future wife. <laughs> okay, we're not gonna mm-hmm. get. We are not gonna get that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, like so, you know what I mean. Like I want to have something to bring to the table. Like I'm an MVP, so um, I really want to spend these single moments, you know, really building myself up and making sure I'm the best that I can be. So I I love that you say you want to be an example of success and many people don't understand the importance of having a mentor influencer or, or, you know, sponsor someone to look up to, to, to help lead the way. So for you, you know, who are your mentors or influencers or people that you look up to for success? Yeah, for sure. So I currently have six mentors, um, five women of color, one white male mentor. Um, I think that it's super important to have mentors who look like you, of course, but mm-hmm. also have mentors who don't look like you, who can't, who can't necessarily relate to you. Like I want someone who can see the world from a completely different lens than I can. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I just, I'm always surprised when I talk to somebody and they do not know what a mentor is. Mm-hmm. They don't understand the value of a mentor. They don't understand how to approach a mentor. Like if you don't have a mentor, you are, I don't want to say you're behind, but you are (laughs) Um, (laughs) because honestly mentors can mentally and physically change the game. The the statistic is for female entrepreneurs, your survival rate declines by 50% without a mentor. So Mm -hmm. when I say you're out of the game, you are definitely sitting on the bench, right? Like, um, because the thing is like, you don't have to do this alone. That's, that's That's the whole key to it. Like, At some point, we all have to stand on the shoulders of giants. And so my mentors have literally been my day ones. Like when I dropped out of school in in 2008, um, 2009 is when I met my first mentor. And we're going to be celebrating our 10-year anniversary next year. So my mentors have have 
not only believed in me on days when I didn't believe myself, but my mentors have advocated for me when I'm not in the room. They have sent introduction emails. They have made phone calls. They have put their names on the line for me. So they've actually helped me leapfrog steps in my career because I have an incredible career, an amazing resume, yet I'm a college dropout. You know, I failed a yeah. lot of classes in high school. So with a mentor by my side, definitely, you know, creating the blueprint for me, it's just I want to say like my path has been easy because it definitely hasn't, but it's definitely been easier and I've been able to leapfrog steps so that I can go further faster. Yes. So I love that you pointed out like you can't do it alone. My mentor um, actually said you can be in business for yourself, but you can't do it alone. So I think that's a lot of people, I'm going to say a lot of young black females are like, oh, I don't want to work with anybody or I don't want to, you know, they're in this zone where they're trying to do everything on their own not realizing you're just making it harder on yourself oh yeah 100 girl like life (laughs) is hard like I don't know why you want to do it by yourself it is hard I'm trying not to I'm trying (laughs) trying not to swear um it's, (laughs) it's really really hard and so there are people that are willing to help you but the thing is like people cannot read your mind so mm-hmm. if you don't raise your hand, if you don't like say something, bring something to the table, then like you can't expect anyone to be there for you. So another thing is like being open and transparent and like understanding your role as a mentee, right? Like it's mm-hmm. not just about it's not just about taking from someone who can obviously offer you something, but what are you doing for them? How are you saving them time? How are you saving them money? How are you mm-hmm. saving them energy? Um, are you saying thank you? Are you being respectful? Do you know how many people have asked me for coffee and not bought my coffee? <laughs> I know, I know. Like, I've been there. I've you been know there. what I mean? Like <laughs> they want to pick like, their brain. They don't want to spend the money or the time to learn and you know the wisdom and the things that we've learned, but they want it for free. <laughs> Girl, the shit, the things that I tell you will change your life. Yeah. So I think that's at least a two dollar coffee. Like, <laughs> um, but. That, yeah, like I think that your role as a mentee is also very important. My mentors have definitely put me in check. They've definitely put my put me in my place, um, like when I've needed it. You know what I mean? Like when mm-hmm. they see that I'm getting a little bit too, when I'm out here, just like getting a little bit too wild and crazy, and like maybe a little bit too like, you know, boastful. Like they definitely bring me down to size. And like at the end of the day, you can't get upset with someone who demands the best of you. Right. So that's what I respect about my mentors. Is like. They, I cannot ever, ever half step. Like they want the best of me or none. Like mm-hmm. that's it. There's no negotiation. I, I love that your, your mix of mentors is, um, you know, what you said, five women of color and one male. Um, one I white think, male. So, yeah. Well, that's very, well, I'm going to say, <laughs> I was about to say that's very <laughs> important, but it's important to me as well because my, my main mentor is an 85 year old white male. So I, I get it. I totally get it. Um, so for you personally, what, uh, I guess, how did you choose um, to have the one white male in there with the five women of color? Was um, there a particular saw, reason? No, like I saw him at a speaking engagement. Um, he does one. So he's a, like a global speaker. And so he does one event for free every year. Um, and I saw him and I just, I knew in my heart, I'm like, he is, he's awesome. And I know that 
what he brings to the table, like, I'm going to do whatever I can to match that as a mentee. And so once I saw, I saw him at an, an, at an event in November, this was probably like four years ago. And um, it took me about four months to get the courage to even ask. So I'm like, what am I going to say? How am I going to approach him? Um, and yeah, you know, I just did. And he agreed. And now we have this like really awesome relationship. I get a one hour phone call once a month. Actually, my phone call is tomorrow and I'm not prepared. Got to prepared. <laughs> um, but I get a one hour phone call once a month. And that full hour, I am drilling him with questions. Like, right. I don't waste a single second. Like, we have a routine. He jumps on the phone. He, he says, Pollyanna, are you ready? I'm like, yep. And I just literally go. Like, right. I don't like, I think my biggest pet peeve as a mentor, something that really disturbs me is when, I have someone who asks me for advice and wants to half step. I once had somebody, a mutual friend of ours, I won't say names. I once had somebody ask to come to my office to like, you know, ask me some questions. And she did not even bring a pen or a notebook. Like, what? And I'm like, how? And I'm like, I was so stunned. I'm literally looking at her like, girl, like, was she I, at least recording the phone call or the no, conversation? Like, nothing. I was just like, oh. why am I here? Like, you're not, because like, you're not going to take this information and remember it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so regardless, like, I think the lesson here is to be prepared. But yeah, like, honestly, I just knew that he'd be able to really inspire me. And the phone call that we have every month, it comes right on time. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciate that um, about him. And he always keeps it real with me. Like, we talk about every single thing, relationships, my career, my speaking abilities, everything. That's awesome. So not only do you have a mentor, but your um you are also a major mentor. So you have um, new girls on the block. Can you share more detail of what that's about? Yeah. So at new girl on the block, we turn shy girls into fly girls. Mm. And my dad's just <laughs> so ghetto. He's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> my dad, like, I'm like, dad, you're not my target audience. I don't care. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, honestly, like in like real talk, we turn distant dreams into noteworthy achievements like my track record we like we have a 99% success rate um I've had again like I said like almost 200 girls in nine countries step to me and say like yo I'm ready to do this and I love working with women who are ready to take immediate action like Mm -hmm. I again this two this half step in and respectfully I understand that people are going to be nervous I understand that People are going to experience fear when making a transition of any kind. But what they need to like, what they need to get is the fact that that fear never goes away, even That's on right. the level that you and I are at, McKinney. Like, yep. I'm yep. scared of everything. I'm scared <laughs> of everything, but that does not prevent me from taking action, right? Well, because what we want is on the other side of that thing, yes. and you have to go through the action in order to. So you know what I mean. So I'm still, I'm helping women navigate you know the conversation between you know professional success and personal fulfillment and what that means to them and helping them understand that they're not mutually exclusive like you can have both and so um it's been an incredible journey honestly like my mentorship program is incredible and the things that we offer whether that's international field trips whether that's tuition reimbursement we offer scholarships we have fields like there's so many things that we have going on in the program that um it just honestly it makes my heart smile and I'm really really proud of my girls and they're like they're one of the reasons I get up every day 
I love it. And I love your transparency when you talk about, you know, that we still have fears and struggles and even at the level that we're at, because, you know, I, I, I definitely still struggle with um, anxiety. Um, So you openly talk about your struggles with depression and anxiety. So what advice would you give to a woman that's afraid to get out there, but she sees you out here crushing it regardless? Yo, honestly, like cry for five minutes and then you got to get, you got to be gangster. Like, (laughs) I don't know. I literally don't even know what to say to that question because it's like, I'm just as afraid as you are. You know, Mm -hmm. it may not look like it because I put on my Sasha Fierce and I'm just out here, but like, I'm still nervous to walk into pitch meetings. I'm still nervous to get on a stage in front of a thousand people. I'm still nervous because, you know, I have staff for three of my companies and like, you know, they depend on me to, you know, make sure the check clears, you know what Mm -hmm, I mean? Like I'm mm -hmm. nervous about a lot of different things. So to the woman out there listening to this podcast, who's nervous or scared, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, Will Smith just jumped off, uh, you know, jumped out of the plane and the Grand Canyon. And he, you know, like, if you check out his Instagram, the last video that he posts is about commitment. So it's like, you got to be all in. It's not about, you can't half step. It's like, either you're doing this or you're not. And if you're not, then please get out the way. So, so people like me and other women who are courageous and brave, like we're really trying to get, we're really trying to make things happen for ourselves because a lot of us have made incredible sacrifices to be here. So we don't have time to think about fear. We don't have time to think that, think about the fact that we're scared as shit. Like I have dropped out of school. I've, you know, I, I have lost friends, like all kinds. I can go through so many different sacrifices that I've made. Mm -hmm. Like fear is not going to stop me from achieving the things that I want to do because (laughs) it's, then that means I did all this for nothing. Right. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Hell yeah. (laughs) I, when I'm, (laughs) before I even take on a coaching client, I ask them, are you interested in change or are you committed to change? Because if you're interested, you do what's convenient, but if you're committed, then you do what exactly needs to be done. You do like, you don't care. You know, if you're uncomfortable, you don't care, you do what needs to be done. And that's, I guess what I, one of the things that I love about you is you do exactly what needs to be done. You don't care. You don't let your anxiety or depression get in the way. You don't let your fears get in the way. You do what needs to be done. You have built businesses for yourself and you've, you've helped others along the way, but you've done very well for yourself for someone who's like, have you even hit 30 yet? Yes, girl. (laughs) I just, I like just hit 30. I actually just thought of, um, I thought of a piece of advice actually that I do tell my mentees, um, the ones that are introverted and scared. So I gave them this exercise and I tell them to do one thing a day that scares them for seven Mm -hmm. days. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, once they accomplish seven days then we do another seven days and then we do another seven days. And so by doing one thing a day that scares you on a very small scale, when you have to uh, reach those, you know, climb those higher mountains, they're going to seem a lot easier. So one thing a day that scares you could mean, you know, a couple months ago, I sent an email to one of my ex-boyfriends that I'm, you know, that I still love very much. We're not romantically compatible but we had a great experience together and I sent him a note and I said I'm thinking about you and I love you and I just I hope you're well I don't mm-hmm. want him or anything but the idea you're, st- you're sending him the yeah, good energy yeah. 
yeah, but the idea was scary to me because we haven't talked in so long. Or Mm -hmm. another thing that might scare me is, you know, maybe it's walking down the street and saying hi to a stranger. Maybe it's walking to an elevator. You see five people on their phones and being the first one to say, hey, guys, good morning. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's finally standing up to your friend or finally standing up to your mom or just do one thing a day that scares you. And you'll find that when you make discomfort your new normal, when you have to when you have to face like climb higher mountains and face bigger challenges, it's not easy, but it, it does feel a little bit easier and you'll be more prepared and set to, uh, to face it. Yes. I love that. I love that. So I guess through all of this, you've been able to build up like multiple streams of income. You have multiple businesses. Can you share with the listeners what they need to do to build a six figure business? Oh boy. Um, Oh my gosh, there's honest. Okay, let me like figure out how to break this down. So, I think on a very basic level, you need to have a business that solves a problem, mm-hmm. right? Like, you need to have a business that solves a problem. Like, if I ask you who your target audience is, you can't tell me everybody because that's not right. a real answer, yeah, right? Like, your, yeah. your, your uh, business solves a specific problem in a specific person's life. Like it's, there's levels to this. So I think at the very, at the very basic level, that's something that needs to be considered. And then once you understand like who your audience is, right? Like how are you engaging them and building a community, right? Like I started my blog in 2009. We're going into 2019. So that's Mm -hmm. what, almost 10 years. And I think sometimes people may see my brand and think that like I literally just popped up out of nowhere, but I've actually been putting in that work. Well, I've been cultivating and really engaging a a following for almost 10 years. I have people who have literally grown up with me. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you got to figure out like what your brand voice narrative and message is. Like people know that I put a lot of my business out there, like all on French street. So for me, like my audience, they, they've grown accustomed and we have our language and we get each other. Right. So I think it's more, so it's not so much it's selling without selling. Right. Right. Like I may have been able to earn a great income, but I don't, I can't even remember the last time I post my book on social media. Mm -hmm. I can't even remember the last time, you know what I mean? Like I don't push the sale. It's Mm -hmm. more so like people fall in love with me, my personality, who I am. That's why it's very important to just like literally just be who you are, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's very possible to get paid to be yourself. But the problem is so many people want to be everybody else, you know, just do you. And I literally just, I've literally just been doing me and it's been attracting great opportunities. So I remember back in the day when I used to do YouTube videos on my grainy webcam okay on my broken (laughs) computer right so the thing is like I think a lot of people are stuck in this like they have analysis paralysis right like they're stuck they want it to be perfect Mm -hmm. they want to put like like I don't even care about that it doesn't need to be perfect just start no like my videos used to be so grainy my blog used to be so poorly designed like when I first started like the uh, the founder of LinkedIn, Reed Hoffman, he says, if your 1.0 is great, you started too late. Mm. So like, I'm okay with the process being messy, because I like to take people through that with me. Like, I don't right. know what I'm doing. But this is, you know, this is the step we're going to take today. And people right. like to see the evolution. And so I think because people have uh, grown up with me, it's translated into dollars, because they're like, I trust you. Yeah. I've 
to love you. I respect you. I take you, you know, I often take my audience behind the scenes when I travel. They, you know, they see everything, you know, they come into the meetings with me. So we've built that rapport. And so naturally, they tell their friends and word of mouth and things just naturally spread. That's awesome. So I guess in that process, I'm sure that you've had some challenges you've had to overcome. Um, can you speak to one of those challenges, one of the major challenges that you've had to overcome in the process? Um, sure. Oh, my gosh. So I'm a creative, right? So one downfall of a lot of creatives um, and I know this from speaking to them and having friends who are creative is that we literally who are just like butterflies. We just want to create and we just want to live in this bubble of our imaginations and our passions. But at a certain point, you got to get certain shit together, like getting a lawyer. You got to get contracts in place. You need to get a business account, an accountant, a bookkeeper. There's just like certain people and things you got to put in place. Like my dad has been harassing me for like two years, he's like, listen, you are dealing with high profile clients. You're dealing with people from around the world. You might get sued at some point. Like mm. you're going to lose every single personal asset that you have. Right. So I had to incorporate my business. Like right. I learned so much in the last like year because mm -hmm. I literally did all this stuff in the last year, you know? And uh, I think that was probably my biggest mistake is just being naive um, and just thinking that I could, run and operate a business without structure. And it, like, I knew about it, but I didn't understand the seriousness of it until I actually sat down with the lawyer. And they're like, you're just vulnerable to the wolves. Like you just, you need to protect yourself. So. Right. Right. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, you spoke about your followers, people that connect with you because they've watched you grow. They've grown with you. Um, I'm one of those people that have watched you uh, definitely grow and evolve. And I believe when I first started following you, I was before your book came out. But let's speak to your first book. Um, so you're a two-time best-selling author. So your first book is Everything I Couldn't Tell My Mother. Yep. How did, what inspired you to write that one? Um, well, I think most women, um, most women of color, have a mother-daughter complex and so I was I'll put it like this like I I've always known and have always like envisioned the amount of success I was going to achieve like I've always known I was the bomb I think we all know we're the bomb at some point like when we're kids we're curious when we're kids we we ask questions we were okay with getting messy right and then all of a sudden we go through elementary school and we go through high school and like you know, media messaging, like it, it kind of like disrupts that free flow of ideas and, um, and inspiration. So mm -hmm. for me, it was like, I felt like by holding on to emotional trauma, by holding on to secrets, by holding on to um, things in, that didn't serve me well, that I was blocking my blessing. Mm -hmm. Like I could see it. You know what I mean? Like, and I actually had, it, it's interesting that you asked me that because I recently, I recently, um, I recently, my friend, okay, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. So my <laughs> friend and I, so my friend and I, because it just sounds weird when I say it. Okay, so my friend and I went to dinner. When we came home from dinner, he was like, hey, do you want to, like, do you want to drive by Drake's house? 
right? And so Drake is obviously like you guys have seen it in the news. He's building this mansion, and so we pull up to the mansion on this, you know, on this crazy street, um, and we just park up. And then, you know, for whatever reason, he felt the need to just kind of sit there for a few minutes and kind of just take it in. And the same feeling I'm describing to you, the same feeling I had, right? Drake mm-hmm. had this huge mansion, and then there was this big black fence around it. And I had the same feeling. I looked at it and I'm like, that's my blessing. And this fence, not the mansion itself, but the mansion represents a blessing. And the fence is like all the things that I'm still messing around with. All mm. the things, because I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm, you know, I mean, I'm still, I feel like I'm still growing through it. And I'm still entertaining and doing things that is preventing me from receiving that blessing right and so like that was a very powerful moment to me it wasn't a, it could have been anyone's house to be honest but just like what that symbolized um, yeah. the sense around it I was like so I had the same feeling years ago when I wrote my book I like I knew what the next level of my life looked like but I was like in order for me to get that in order for me to touch it taste it smell it I really 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 need to let go of certain things and so I wrote the book so I could let go wow that's beautiful so your second book, Mixed Emotions, um, you co-authored. What what inspired that one? I wanted to show people a different side of me, the business side, I guess you could say. Um, I wanted people to understand like what it really takes to run and operate a business. But not only that, I think that entrepreneurship is whatever you make it. And that's also what I want to communicate. It's not, I don't like when people corporate shame, I don't like when people make other people feel bad because they're side hustlers. It's like, whatever you want to do, whatever is the right fit for you, do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought it was, you know, necessary to just have this conversation. And so the book is divided into three sections. The first section is for the individual who doesn't know what they want to do. The second section is for the individual who wants to thrive in their corporate career. And the third section is for the individual who wants to own and operate a business. So you can literally flip to any page at any time and get something that's right for you. You don't have to read it like in a linear motion. I think that's cool. So, I mean, as a, a journalist, you know, you, you ghostwrite and you are now a senior contributor for Forbes. Um, yes, can you ma'am. speak a little bit about that and your mission to open the door for other women writers of color? Yes. So um, that's been a journey in itself. So like I said, I dropped out of school my second year. And honestly, women of color, I shouldn't, even, I shouldn't just limit it to women of color. Women in general have opened doors for me. I mean, mm-hmm. I got my first uh, journalism gig um, in 2010. My mentor, uh, my first mentor, um, her Instagram name is at Toronto Shea. She uh, called me and we had a conversation around starting a blog and what does my career look like. About a year later, she called me again and she said, I think I have an opportunity that's literally going to change your life. And it did. And she, um, she hooked me up with an interview with the editor-in-chief of one of the largest uh, and most respected publishing houses in Canada. And for the next mm-hmm. four years, I was, a, I was published in every major newspaper across the country. Awesome. And from there, I was like, okay, so like, this is okay. Like, I get it. Like, I'm kind of like, I'm figuring things out. Then I released the book. Then I started, um, you know, venturing off into other things. But writing has always been very special to me because 
I was bullied as a kid and I spent a lot of time by myself. And in those quiet moments, I would have my notebook and my pen. So writing to me is extremely powerful because you wouldn't have anything without a writer, books, movies, like anything. Right. So I, uh, one thing I've noticed is that a lot of these spaces though, um, you know, they lack flavor, you know, Mm -hmm. they lack black girl magic. And so I've been meeting with different editors and chiefs. I've been meeting with different executives um, and pretty much helping them put a plan in place um, to open the door, to extend the table. And um, I'm fortunate enough to be in a position where I can do that and have these conversations. And they've been very well received. Well, thank you for continuing to be a blessing to women everywhere um you know just from like i said watching you grow watching you evolve and like you just turned 30 and you've accomplished all of these things i i probably didn't even know who i was until i turned 30 so (laughs) thank you for being you know for leading by example so before i go to my next question i want you to tell everybody where they can find you um where they can hear more from you and learn more about you yeah, I mean, my name is very unique, thank God. Um, <laughs> you and I both. <laughs> yeah, so if you Google me, I'm literally the first 20 pages. Um, but I'm very active on all platforms. So I have a YouTube channel, I have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, I have a SoundCloud, I have my own podcast. Uh, and yeah, I'm like, I'm out here. Like, you can always find me. Um, I'm actually very accessible. My email is located on my Instagram account. So, I'm I'm here if you need me. Yes, and she is definitely telling the truth about that. She is always open. She's always telling people, like, send me an email, pitch me, do whatever you need to do. So look up Pollyanna Reed. So my next uh, question, I mean, it's it's no secret that I am obsessed with stilettos, hence my brand. Um, so <laughs> I'd like to know, what is your favorite type of shoe? Because I was reading, um, I was doing some reading, and I read up on... Um, how your favorite type of shoe says something about your personality. So, you know, is, is, is it, is your favorite shoe like a flip-flop, a running shoe, a wedge, a boot? Like what's your favorite Have you ever, have you ever been to that store walking on a cloud? Those grandma shoes? Yep. Yep. Like that's how I feel. Like, (laughs) like, honestly, no, all jokes aside, like I, listen, when I was young and I was hot girl, like, I thought that I'd be rocking stilettos for the rest of my life. And now I'm like older and just like chilling. I'm literally, what am I wearing right now? I'm literally wearing like Adidas sandals. Like I'm very, my style is a lot more simple. Um, but if I had to choose a stiletto, like I really No, love... it doesn't have to be a stiletto. It could, like it could be a running shoe. It could be a flat. Oh, it could be a flip flop. It's like, what's your favorite type of shoe? Okay. My favorite type of shoe is socks. No shoe at all. <laughs> but my my fav- my favorite stilettos are Jessica Simpson because they're really, 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 really comfortable. Jessica Simpson or Steve Madden, if I if I had to say one. But I okay. really like no shoes at all if I can get away with it. So um, if I remember correctly, because Jessica Simpson shoes used to be my favorite because, you know, I'd have to order them from the States. You couldn't really get them here in Canada. Then they yeah, all sudden, know. You know, they came to Canada and then they only brought the, the basic ones. But yeah, from, <laughs> from my recollection, you know, Jessica Simpson shoes were always like the flashy kind of stilettos. Everyone that I bought were all flashy stilettos. And what yeah. that says about your personality is that you work hard and you have excellent taste. So there you go. 
Awesome. <laughs> that sounds good to me. <laughs> so um, for the last segment of the show, I like to end it. Um, it's called A Walk in Her Stilettos. And it's where you just share inspiration from your journey. Not that you didn't just share like tons of uh wisdom um but there's like a series of questions i'll probably for the sake of time probably just ask you one or two um so the first question would be name a book that has changed or greatly impacted your life um a thousand and one questions to ask before you get married Mm. okay (laughs) (laughs) yes girl because you you know what's up. Like, a lot of, <laughs> listen, listen, if you guys know, I wouldn't even get into it, but I was engaged before. Long story short, did not work out. Ask the right questions, okay? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I won't go into it because I already know. I already know. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Okay. <laughs> so next question, what have you become better at saying no to in the last five years? And that could be anything from distractions, invitations, people. My parents. Mm. I think we didn't even talk about like I'll just briefly touch on it so we can move on but like Mm -hmm. listen like your parents will beef with you now and then they will get over it you Mm -hmm. know what I mean the whole point like if you're going to disobey your parents you better make sure that you are successful at the end of it you know what Mm -hmm. I mean so obviously like my parents you know my family was not totally on board with being a writer and being a creative but over time I built that backbone and it just didn't matter what they thought um but now, obviously, I'm in a position where they're super supportive. But over the years, I've learned to say no to my parents. And I think, uh, you know, I get a lot of young people asking me, how do you do that? You just do it. <laughs> you just you know do I mean? it. Like, you literally <laughs> do it by proving to them that you're not, like, that you're serious and that you're focused. Like, obviously, once I started doing TV and started speaking on stage, they're like, they finally got it. So just prove right. to them that you were right. Right. I love that. I love that. Um, okay, so what's a little known fact about you? Something that's not well known about Pauline Reed? Um, I've been talking to my doctor about uh, in vitro and about other options. If, mm-hmm. in fact, I end up being that workaholic like I know of um, who wakes up one day and is 40 years old and forgot to date. So I'm actually just exploring options and figuring out price points and what's covered by OHIP and all that stuff um, because motherhood will literally be the greatest accomplishment of my life. And I'm mm-hmm. super excited. Um, I just turned 30. And so, you know, if I have yet to meet the love of my life by about 35, 34, I'm seriously considering just doing it myself. And I'm totally cool with that. Totally understand. Totally understand. So my last question is, when you feel overwhelmed, unfocused, or uninspired, what do you do? Clean my room, like I'm doing right now, because <laughs> because when, honestly, like, when your space is a mess, like, your, your mind, like, for some reason, it transfers to how you feel, your mind. That's right now, fact. I can't there was see a my study floor. done on that. Yeah, yep. so yep. I know, like, I feel really blah, but I know it's because, like, I'm living in a pigsty right now. So I'm trying to like get my life together slowly. And I know I'm going to feel instantly better once I kind of like lift the heaviness. I love that. I love that. I used to say, um, you know, back in the day when I was a fully stay at home mom, that my girlfriend could tell 
what state I was in mentally by the state of my house because I slightly have OCD <laughs> when it comes to my house. So when they came over and yeah. they see everything like all over the place, they're like, girl, are you okay? <laughs> right. So I love exactly. it. I love it. Well, I want to thank you, Pollyanna, for taking the time to join us. I truly do appreciate you. I think you're an amazing woman. I love the inspiration that you share online and in person. Like you're, you keep it real. Um, so I want you to once again just remind everyone where they can find you yeah you can just google me pollyanna reed i'm on all social platforms and uh available for hire (laughs) (laughs) i love it i love it until next time download the walk in my stilettos app or subscribe to our newsletter at awalkinmystilettos.com and continue to walk in your greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling